Mind the Gap on today's Consumer Goods episode of Motley Fool's Industry Focus. Hi, Fools. I'm Dylan Lewis, coming to you from Fool HQ in lovely Alexandria, Virginia, and I'm joined today by half-man, half-amazing Fool.com analyst, Vincent Chen. Vincent, how are you doing today? How are you doing, Dylan? Uh, thank you for filling in today for Sean. I don't know where he is, skipping on his <laughs> IF duties. I feel like this is the podcast equivalent of meeting up with a friend of a friend for drinks. It's like, you do podcasts with Sean, I do podcasts with Sean, and now he's not here, so we have to do the podcast Ah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what are we talking about today? So today, we, uh, like you said, are going to mine the Gap. Uh, yesterday, Gap made a big announcement that they are going to uh, close quite a few of their locations, largely in North America and the U.S. Um, today, actually, as we speak right now, they are going through an investor analyst day presentation to kind of talk about how they're restructuring because the company has generally struggled in the past few years, slumping sales, especially weak comps, uh, same store comps. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they're kind of like trying to streamline the business. They got a new CEO that started in February and he has this, uh, I guess, new vision for the company. So what that's going to entail right now with their recent announcement, um, they're closing about 175 of their 675 stores in the U S. So that brings them down to about 500 total locations in mm-hmm. North America. So that's about 20% of their U.S. footprint right now, right? Yeah. Uh, they have a 300 additional outlet stores, mm-hmm. factory stores, but they're not touching those. Okay. Um, and the thing is, you know, generally the analysts on Wall Street, since hearing this announcement, have actually been pretty bullish on it because they acknowledge the fact that, you know, the company's not doing that well. A lot of their stores are, frankly, in malls and other areas that are underperforming, mm-hmm. so they can kind of shed some of this dead weight in one fell swoop. Yeah, and so the the thought here is that the underlying business will be stronger because we're getting rid of some of these underperforming properties. Yes. So um, some of the numbers that they threw out there for the actual dollar impact of these closings, mm-hmm. they're going to lose about three hundred million dollars in sales. Okay. So pretty significant, but and they're going to incur about one hundred fifty million dollars in uh, in write offs and other charges as a result of the closings. Mm-hmm. But they're expecting starting next year about $25 million in annual savings from their structuring as well. And just in general, they're going to run a little bit leaner. They're also going to shed about 250 jobs between their uh, bigger offices in San Francisco, New York, across the U.S. And again, just part of this restructuring. Yeah. And so uh, I'm guessing that this is a result of struggling in general uh, and the business prospects not being fantastic here in the U.S. Uh, Is that right? Yeah. So uh, the way that I've kind of thought about it is um, it it reminds me a little bit of the fast food industry Mm -hmm. in that, you know, you had your staples like McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's, and now they're kind of falling off the map a little bit and falling prey to the new competition, which is like a little better, a little trendier, more popular with younger millennials, for example, Mm -hmm. like Chipotle, Shake Shack, that get these really high valuations. And the thing is, Gap, to me, when I was growing up, was like the uniform of the 1990s. Yeah, I feel like that was the the Friends cast, like that's all they wore. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So they really catered to this image of like, kind of like, you know, the clean button down, the khakis. But the thing is now there there's other options and really younger shoppers have shown a desire to kind of create their own image, mm-hmm. like something unique, something that, you know, touches on their own personality. So some of their competitors, the fast casuals, you can call them, are companies like we'll talk about later, H&M, Urban Outfitters, Uniqlo from Japan, mm-hmm. um, just offer some of this 
trendier, edgier fashion, and that's what people are looking for. And when I think about that era of uh, retailers, so like you know the '90s and maybe early 2000s, very successful um, yeah. apparel companies, uh, Abercrombie and Aeropostale come to mind, and you know like they are heavily branded uh, clothing for the most part. And you know uh, I think my thought was that uh, they might get dinged a little bit by the normcore trend and things kind of moving into like this unbranded, uh, more minimalist style. Um, and so it's interesting, you know, Gap is kind of this like classic look that uh, you'd think is kind of uh, trend proof and, you know, can they can navigate into the waters. Uh, what have they been doing to kind of address uh, consumer taste moving that way? Well, so I, I'm glad you brought that up because um, the brand thing is kind of like losing its luster in general. Whereas, you know, before it was like you said, heavily branded clothes like Hollister. Abercrombie Gap, uh, people just know it's like that's Gap clothing. Now it's like they're really focused on the item itself, mm-hmm. and the brand who's who it's made by is not as much is no longer as significant. Which is why a company like you know you could walk in, walk into a store like Urban Outfitters, they sell clothing from a lot of different makers. Yeah, um, it's ultimately that product focus. Uh, something that has though Gap and Banana Republic. Um, have both been struggling, and that's kind of two of Gap's three main businesses. It, the last one, which really surprised me, granted I haven't shopped there in quite some time since I was a kid, was Old Navy. So Old Navy, you know, originally thought up as essentially Gap clothes, uh, similar quality, similar look, but a more budget, uh, basically target group for the customers. Yeah. And it was really popular in the Midwest, across these malls, and they opened a ton of stores through the early 2000s very successful but then that also ran into a slump mm-hmm. and now well basically what happened is one of the H&M a company that kind of that I believe launched right around that time early time and that's when old Navy kind of seen started seeing the decline and somebody they really I think at the time kind of hated probably was this guy named Stefan Larson who worked for H&M, launched a ton of their stores in the U.S., basically allowed it to become as successful as it is today. They poached him in 2012, okay. and they basically said, here, Old Navy is our, uh, I guess, our real struggling brand that we want to redefine. Can you do that for us? And in the past three years, he has successfully turned it around. Now, Old Navy's the star in the gap profile, essentially. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that. And uh, I think a very visible way to look at that transformation is, you know, when we were prepping the sh- for the show earlier, we were looking at the websites. And I went to the Old Navy website for the first time in maybe a year and a half or so. And it looks almost exactly like the Urban Outfitters uh, website in terms of its layout and the graphics they're using, the, the stylized font. It very similar. So you can tell who they're going after there. Well, it's really interesting how Larson kind of approached this turnaround. So he basically wanted to do this from the ground up. So he even had the like corporate headquarters for the old Navy team completely redesigned. So instead of looking like, I think they described it almost looking like a hospital office almost, mm-hmm. they've made it a little trendier. Just bring into this image throughout the entire company, like I said, from the ground up to, be, to instead of you know trying to sell these like last season designs for cheap, they want to actually focus on the product itself and make the product... Um, that even Old Navy selling at their lower price points, like something that's trendy and that people actually want to wear. And it sounds like there's been a lot of success with apparel companies hitting those lower price points. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you were talking about margins a little bit while we were prepping for the show, and I was totally astounded. Uh, you're saying H and M is like these ridiculously gaudy margins. Yeah. So um, you know, Urban Outfitters, Gap, a lot of the other retailers in the space, I think their gross margins are right around forty percent, generally thirty five, forty five percent. And H and M, which I've always already thought of as like this budget retailer, clothes are already pretty cheap. They have like some of the best margins in the industry gross at like 60 percent which is it's kind of crazy because i'd assume that they made it all up on volume and had like razor thin margins based on their prices yeah exactly yeah, they sell t-shirts for like five so or six bucks. they clearly have done very well keeping their costs down and allowing themselves to uh to reap the profits there okay so uh seeing where the industry is going seeing what's working right now in terms of gaps holdings um how do things look for gaps namesake brand itself so I think you know the like we talked about some of the, the store closings and the announcements that they're making right now. I'm sure are going to point to this picture of where they're going to run a little bit leaner. They're going to focus again on putting out styles that you know they had this uh, new slogan last year that was like dress normal. And they launched an ad campaign off of it, and they were hoping that it would kind of provide them a push during the holiday sales season. It didn't work out that way. So I think right now they're kind of like, it's almost like a ship without a captain. They're trying to find this vision. And uh, part of that is going to be kind of just redefining their image with consumers. So they don't no longer think about it as a place where it's like, I get the kind of outfit that everybody else has. Mm -hmm. and something a little bit more unique because that's what the consumers are asking for. Um, Until then, though, it's not like it's all, you know, cloudy skies for the company. Like I said, Old Navy's doing really well. They also acquired the Athleta brand, and that, in general, for retail has been a big positive trend where people are just... Sports apparel is just very popular right now, hence the rise of companies like Lululemon, right? Yeah, and for our listeners, Athleta is very similar to Lululemon, right? Yes. Um, and just to give you uh, an idea of that, I think if for Lululemon, it's like for Gap, they've been closing stores pretty much every year. Um, and this is like their biggest announcement recently. But Athleta, for the past two years at least, they've opened, or since they acquired it in 2012, I think, they've opened like 90 stores oh, wow. in the U.S. Um, so it's definitely a big push for them. Also, a big push for them is in China mm-hmm. and in Asia in general, where before they're tr- really expanding their presence. And it's kind of like you're harking back to a time when where malls, shopping malls in the United States now are kind of on the decline. E-commerce is hitting into that. And there's just, uh, for a lot of shoppers, more attractive places to basically go shopping. Mm-hmm. Um in China and Asia, where the middle class is like really emerging now, they're seeing huge shopping malls being opened up because it's like their new. This is their time now, right. and so that's why some of the biggest malls in the world are now opening in China. And Gap is seeing the opportunity to expand there. Yeah, and I think that's a very important distinction to make. So, like everything that we're talking about in terms of the recent developments. Uh, with the store closings, it's all specific to the U.S., and the Asian markets provide a huge opportunity for them. Yeah, and some of the closings recently announced might be in Europe, but overall, like the big hit, like we talked about, is in North America. And um, there are definitely going to be opportunities for the company, and I think they're going to definitely focus on that for their in terms of their growth trajectory being in other regions. But it's you know, in the end, Gap's their namesake business, and they need to get that right in a very significant market for them, or their biggest, really, being North America. Um, and just keeping that in mind, 
otherwise, like the old Navy brand, they're, they some of their double digit sales growth, earnings growth, it's, it's really impressive. But even that has started to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know, we all know that the retail apparel retail industry is ultra competitive, and so that's just uh, a a bit of the the environment that they're in. You know, e-commerce is going is is rising up. I think it was like at this point has doubled as a percentage of total retail sales in the past few years, mm-hmm. and that's uh, just kind of the climate that they're in. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time, Vincent. Thank you, Dylan. Happy Appreciate it. Um, that's it for us, Fools. But before we go, I wanted to make our listeners aware of a special offer. If you found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It's our flagship newsletter started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners, $98 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every month with insight from a team of analysts. Go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of the deal. Once again, it's focus.fool.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stock they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have a formal recommendation for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!